0: So today we're going to start, and today's, the whole idea about today, and I know some of you are in line back there, just go ahead and get your food, hopefully you can hear what's going on, Uh, but we're going to try to be uber practical, I have been really talking about the heart all the way up until now, right, how to pursue the heart, you can do other things, but go after the heart, today we're going to do some more practical steps, okay, so it's going to be pretty hands-on practical stuff, and we're going to begin You know, I, again, I'm almost 50, so my staff is young, and they, like I said, they interact with your kids and teenagers every day, and I have the privilege of mining their, you know, when I don't know something or whatever, I got a whole team of experts that I just get to hang out with uh, on a regular basis, and so I'm bringing one of those up. Jimmy can come on up here. Jimmy Kim is our discipleship coordinator, and Jimmy's just a jack of all trades. He kind of knows a little bit about everything, and so usually, like, if, if I can't work my phone or anything going on, I'm always like, Jimmy. If I, if I want to know something that's going on in culture or social media, I'm like, Jimmy. So he's one, of our, he's one of our cultural experts, and I wanted him to come up and just kind of walk you through some of this stuff, because especially if your kids are younger, and I know we have a lot of parents of tweens in here, uh, which is a great time to get all this information. Um, kind of taking the mystique out of some of this is, is a good idea. So Jimmy's going to walk us through some stuff uh, to begin today.
1: All right. Um, let me pray for us. Before we get started, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, and I thank you for these parents and even students who are here. And God, we are we are asking you um, to continue to mold and shape us. Uh, I know that, that that vulnerability and that transparency in front of our kids can be a very difficult thing to model and even to express. But we're learning we're learning what it means to parent teenagers, and not little kids anymore. Um, and we're equipping them toward independence. And so, God, we need your spirit. We, we call on you. We ask, God, for your presence in our lives as we parent our homes, as we parent our children, um, together even as a ministry, as we seek to shepherd the hearts of these students and raise up a generation of students who love you and are following hard after you. That is our, our goal, our desire, is that they would see their identity so deeply rooted in who you are, Jesus. We love you and we pray this in your name. All right, so Jeff gave me the very uh, manageable task of navigating social media in 15 minutes. So we're going to just go ahead and do that. And so I'm going to show you everything that's on my phone and try to navigate a little bit here uh, for you what I would do um, if my children, my children are seven and three, so they don't have devices yet. Uh, They do uh, have device time at the school that she's at. Teachers actually encourage, hey, there's a day of the week, bring in a device, and let's do device time together. We've sent multiple emails to administration and to our teacher about uh, our disagreements with that, but that's where culture is. And so we're having to navigate, even at an early age for my daughter, Evangeline, who's seven, almost eight, how to be on devices, let alone social media. She's not on social media at all, but she sees mom and dad active on social media uh, because 90% of our photos and our posts are about our kids, because we're proud parents. Um, And there are lots of lessons that I'm learning, lots of lessons that my wife is learning just as you guys are, and especially so for you with teenagers who are having devices and having to navigate this. So uh, I want to take a look just at a handful of applications here. And I am on Android. Don't let this screen confuse you. It does kind of look like uh, an Apple screen. But I did that because my wife hates Android. And whenever she looks at my phone, she's like, she throws it down because she doesn't understand. Like, I don't understand where anything is. And so I had to kind of set it up so it looks like an iPhone, which you can do on Android. There's a cool little plug. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So I want to walk through Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, just briefly, a couple of third-party messaging apps as well. And then also want to introduce you. Um, Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway to Reddit. Uh, This is an incredible time suck but it's also an incredible place to get all that information. Because half the time when Jeff asks me, Jimmy, help me with this, I'll first go to Google, and if Google doesn't give me a sufficient answer, then I'll go to Reddit, and I'll ask a very specific question uh, asking for an answer, and I'll usually get it pretty quickly there. All right, and then we'll also kind of look through the Play Store uh, if we have time. All right, so we're gonna jump right in to Instagram, and I am gonna have a little bit of a discussion time, and then at the very end of all this, a Q&A. So if you have a question that pops up in your head, you might wanna just jot that down. Um, don't text me, because then it'll pop up on the screen. Um, and I already know half of our staff is like, what can we text Jimmy right now? All right, so this is Instagram. Instagram, if you don't know, was originally unaffiliated with Facebook, Facebook bought out Instagram. Okay, um, they saw its potential. I think they, in fact, tried to buy it previously for some incredible amount of money, and Instagram said no. And then they finally acquiesced, I think, to the tune of some like three or four hundred million dollars. I mean, I'd sell my company for that much. Um, And so the basic premise of Instagram is let's get a photo up there, and we're going to have a feed, and you can look through your feed of all of your friends or your followers, right? So you have to follow someone, and then depending on your security settings, you have to give permission for people to follow you. And Jeff, I know, has mentioned um, this whole idea of a Finstagram or a fake Instagram, and this is simply just having secondary, tertiary accounts, under the same program of Instagram, the same application. Okay, I only have one, mine is Jimmy H. Kim. I don't say that because I want followers, but if you want to follow me, you can do that. And then you can look through my feed here, there's Rivers Cuomo, who's of Weezer. And you can, kind of, you know, there's celebrities on here. Um, I like food, and so I follow a lot of food bloggers and posters, okay? And let's just look at this one. This is a, a food uh, YouTuber, her name is Mangchi, which means hammer in Korean. And she shows Korean food on YouTube. And she has an Instagram um, account. And she'll post photos of things that she's made. And there you can see, you know, at the very top, Mang Chi and her little profile picture. And next to that, you see three dots. And if you click on that, you can report it. If it's an inappropriate photo, you can copy the link. You can turn on notifications. So if I wanted to follow everything that she did which I do with my wife, like for my wife, I have notifications that pop up every single time she posts a picture of my daughter or my son or of her outfit of the day, it immediately <laughs> pops up and I can like it and it makes her feel good, the dopamine, you know, she gets that signal, she gets that rush and yes, I'm being a good husband there, okay? Uh, and that is a lot of what Instagram is about. A lot of social media in fact is about, hey, how many likes do I have? So I'll go ahead, I can double tap the screen and give her a heart or I can just click on the heart itself all right. and then you can see not only the post, but then you see the heart down there, right in the middle of the screen, a little uh, comment bubble, and that's a way to just put comments on. She already has 47 comments on this particular post, and she put a little caption there: "My new recipe is online: spicy potato side dish." Uh, and then that little paper airplane—that's so that you can send it to someone. You can set up groups to send posts to, so like. Let's say um, I was in a a friend group with a a bunch of people who like to cook, and I would say, hey, remember what I was telling you about this Korean lady who cooks all this food? Now I can just send that post directly to them. Okay, so this, you know, for advertising, for uh, brand promotion, uh, for self-promotion, excuse me, for self-promotion, it's a very easy thing, very feasible thing to do, okay? Now you can quickly start putting the pieces together. How can I start manipulating this system For my for my gain or for my benefit, right? Um, If there's a a scandalous photo here, right? Um, If you're a teenage boy and you see a picture of one of your friends in a bikini, right? You could send that to someone directly from Instagram, right? Now, obviously, that depends on if you follow this person, if they allow you to follow them, and I don't, as long as far as I know, I don't think you get any notification that someone shared your photo with somebody else. I mean, the assumption is, hey, if you put it on Instagram, everyone can already see it if you allow them to follow you, okay? And then there's a little bookmark there on the other side that I just clicked. I'll click it again, and it saves it into a collection, and we'll see that in just a second, okay? Now, here's the thing with Instagram. The big thing nowadays is less about these posts on your feed. It's more about the stories that pop up. It used to be when you first... um, opened up Instagram right when they started the story feature, which really was a direct ripoff of what Snapchat primarily does. It's little snippets of stories throughout your day. It goes up for a period of time, and then it disappears. Okay? You can do just a photo. You can do, I think, up to a minute-long video, and it goes up into your storyboard. So we'll go up and look at my wife's story for a second. She says she has no umbrella She's at the church, and she's like, what am I supposed to do? Sad face, sad face. She actually texted me. There's her sad face. Okay, so I could write her a message at that point. Um, I could say, oh, I'm sorry. You should have brought the umbrella. I wouldn't do that because, I remember, I'm a good husband. Um, I could not say, hey, hang out there. I'll find an umbrella and walk out to you. I didn't do that because I'm here now. Um, so different things. You can interact, and that's not viewable to anyone else. I could send her a message. And that's only viewable to her, okay? So if I send a message to a story, it's only viewable to that person and to yourself, and you can see a history of uh, conversation there. And then you can kind of scroll through. Um, You can slide it across here, and I've got students as well as K-pop groups and celebrities, a lot of our students here. Again, we're traveling to London and Paris in the spring, and so I've started following some uh, travel blogs there, and that's a lot of what they will do. Okay, um, you have the option just to start watching all of them, and you can just sit there. Again, It can be an incredible time suck so and just watch what everyone is doing, right? What is the appeal of these two apps, right? It's um, oh, did we lose it? Let's try one more time. It's, uh, the appeal of these apps, one obviously with Instagram in particular, is that it is so visual, right? Um, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Nowadays, our students don't have even that many words to say. That's why, hey, I'll just put up a picture and that will communicate it for me. Maybe not even fully realizing what all they are communicating by putting up a picture of them at spring break in a bikini what that message could send to someone. Or when they're at a party and they're just wanting to show, hey, look where I am. Look how much fun I'm having. Um, Wish you were here or haha, too bad you're not here. Right, you, you get some of that mentality as well. Um, so why use words when a picture will do it or a video will do it? Uh, Instagram and Snapchat are incredibly popular because it's quick, it's easy. You don't have to think about what you're posting necessarily because you you know, if I wanted to take a photo, I kick that little plus sign out at the bottom and then I can take a picture right now, post it if I wanted to, you know, I could put on a little app, I could, or a little filter, and I could put on a little post if I wanted to, or a caption. Um, it's quick and easy. You don't have to sit there and think through. And a lot of our students, they don't often take the time to sit and think through what could be the consequences of me posting this photo, okay? Um, Let me just make sure I'm not, because some of my accounts, they will say things that are less than Christian. Um, I know, shocker, I'm so sorry. Um, Words take time, photos are near instantaneous. What, what else is an appeal of this? It gives the impression that what is happening is in the moment and it's spontaneous, right? Look how awesome my life is. And this is what a lot of our students really wrestle and struggle with is, man, this person is in Manhattan, New York. I wish I was in Manhattan, New York. I wish I was doing something fun and eating this, you know, yummy food, but I'm stuck here in John's Creek. Woe is me. Or, man, look at the party that I'm at. Or look at this cool stuff that I'm eating. Look at the, the, the fun sights that I'm seeing and, and the activities that I'm, I'm, I'm um, participating in. I'm doing it. You're not. And it might not be spiteful in, in its intent, but our students begin very quickly to see it as, well, look at, you know, Mary. She's over there, and I'm over here. She's just make, She's just so she's so vindictive. Why is she doing this to me? Like, this is so unfair. My life sucks. It's horrible. All these people get to do cool things, and I don't, right? And this has always kind of uh, challenged me. Like, I want to show, like, what real life looks like on social media. And so a lot of it would just be sitting behind a a driving wheel, a steering wheel. Like, that's most of my time. (laughs) Sitting in front of the sink doing dishes or in front of the stove cooking, right? Uh, Looking at the mess that is my living room, me not wanting to clean it up. That's real life. Right, but then I still show my kids smiling in their soccer uniform, or having fun, or dancing, and those are the things that we do want to highlight. But again, over time, that can communicate: look how great my life is, and look how poor your life is. Um, and again, it um, students, man, they run wild with this idea of comparison. It's so dangerous. Uh, Insta stories, the the stories that I mentioned at the very top of the screen there, as well as snaps, they satisfy the desire to communicate to others who you're with, what you're doing, where you are, and why you're doing it, right? And also, not only do they communicate to others what you're doing and who you're with and why you're doing it and where you are, you also discover where other people are and who they're with and what they're doing and why they're doing it, right? So it's a very quick and easy way. Like, I don't have to text Jeff and say, Jeff, what are you doing? I go to his Snapchat and see, oh, he's riding his bike with his kids and they're eating ice cream. That's what they did yesterday. Right? I didn't have to text them. It was out there for the whole world to see. Right? And that's what Snapchat and Instagram are very popular for. I'm not going to take a video. Um, Snapchat recently has gotten a lot of flack from current users because they changed up their interface. Um, it used to be where you could slide over a screen and then you would immediately start seeing stories like their snaps. And um, now you have to actually click on uh, a profile in the little circle to see it. I can't hold this because it'll just keep on dying out. Let's try it one more time. So Snapchat, just like Instagram, it's about really advertising who you are, where you are. And again, it could be simple. It could be banal. It could mean absolutely nothing. But over time, especially when you start playing that comparison game and their identity starts getting wrapped up in their online profile, that's when it gets to be very dangerous, right? And that's the whole reason why we even have Finstagrams or fake accounts, which really are the real accounts, right? And that's kind of strange to me. Like I was talking with some, one of our students and they have their Instagram page and then they have their Finstagram, they ha- you know, which is you know, restricted access, right? This is the real me. But then even that Finstagram, they create a third Instagram, which is re- them, the real, real them, if that makes sense. Like, you know, It's like, whoa, how deep and how wide is this web of lies that you have to have three accounts? And like, I don't want my mom seeing this, but I don't want my D dGroup seeing, leader seeing this. And so I have this. I'm just like, whoa, that just clearly communicates to me where your heart is. Like, why are we trying to hide so much information, so much of your life? What really is underneath the surface? Again, that's not everyone. That's a generality. But I would say that it's pretty safe to assume that a lot of our students will get to that point if left uh, untethered. Um, Let me see. Let's get back into my notes here. Um, Let's go and get out of Snapchat. I want to show you one more thing in Instagram. That, um, that our staff wanted me to make sure that I communicate here. Uh, I'm going to go to David Chang. He's a, a, a chef in New York City, uh, grew up in the D.C. area like myself. And if I go to his profile, right, I didn't show you how I did that. It, it blinked out. So if I click on his profile, right, uh, I can see recent posts of his, I can see like highlighted stories right there where it says Westworld, Spicyland, Plate Shorts, Seth, all right, Um, and then you see a URL, right, majordomo.la, right, is a new restaurant they just opened up in Los Angeles, right, if I click on that, it'll direct me in a browser within Instagram to his site. Now, I can't navigate out of this URL without going back into Instagram or into Safari or Chrome or whatever web browser, so you can think, all right, now, If I'm a wise student, or not wise, but you know what I mean, like a a smart aleck student, you could put in some pretty nefarious stuff in here, right? It could direct you to pornography. It could direct you to their own blog page, which is what a lot of our students will do. Uh, It'll direct them to like a photography page that maybe they have. This is not a great example because it's showing up as a bunch of gobbledygook. But you know what I'm saying? Like If there's a URL in that bio, it will take you there without opening up Chrome or Instagram, your web browser, and it won't show up in that web browser's user history. Okay. Now, again, you can't navigate. As far as I know, you can't navigate around within that web browser. It only will open up that particular URL. Uh, let's try Eater. That's another blog page. And there you see a shortened URL, Bitly. Um, it'll open up 38 best restaurants in America. There we go. And so you can see, it's a full web page. And now, if I hit a hyperlink in here, Let me see the city base. And then, of course, it's going to take me to that. But again, I can't punch in an address, take me to go see Naked Bodies. Like, I can't do that within this browser, OK? Or something else. Where can I go get drugs? That's not going to happen. Um, But again, if someone put that as their website address in their bio, then you could get to those types of sites, Okay, Again, students tend to be pretty savvy about this. And so they don't do that, Okay. Um, but that's not always true. I think there was a story even uh, recently of a student down in Miami who just got busted because he was posting photos of him and a gun or multiple guns. Right, really within the last week, all this is happening. He posts snaps about himself with a gun, uh, and they the father turned him in. It's an 18-year-old kid. Father turned him in to the authorities. Then they found child pornography on his phone. So, and he didn't. The dad didn't know this, but he's like. Listen, I'm worried about my son's life. I'm worried about the lives of others, especially in light of all that's happened in recent weeks. And so I don't want him continuing on in this area. Um, and it turned out that he had more things beneath the surface. Um, all right. Uh, we talked about how to navigate some of this stuff, backdoor access. Um, let me just show you one other thing about Instagram. And it's this search feature. So if I go down to search, okay, it's going to give me a whole bunch of suggested um, accounts, photos, videos that I should look at based on uh, previous photos that I've liked. So if I have liked a lot of food videos and food pictures, I'll probably see a bunch of food videos. There's a lot of Olympic stuff right now because I've been liking a lot of our Olympic athletes and their performances and Olympics are coming to a close. So they're going to suggest that. If you look at your child's phone and you go into their search settings, you don't even have to look at what they've searched for. Based on what you see here, you can get a good guess of what types of photos they are liking, what kind of posts that they are liking. So mine's going to be, well, there's a can of beer. I'm sorry. I, uh, um, we're Presbyterian. We can do that, right? I do it in moderation, okay? Um, there's a lot of athletes in there. We're gonna, I'm going to see a lot of photos also in my feed of, of students that I do not know, like in homecoming gear or out, ab- out about in Atlanta, and that's because I've liked my students' photos, our students' photos of them out and about or at homecoming. I typically try not to. Um, and I, I use good sense in that, but still it'll pop up and there'll be something in there. I'm like, whoa, I don't want to see this. And you can choose to see less posts like this Um, But that's one thing. But then also, if you click on the search at the very top, then you can also search by people, by tags, and by places. And this is one thing you might want to do next time you go snooping around on your child's phone, uh, which you absolutely should do is maybe look at their hashtag search history. What are they looking for, right? Uh, I had mentioned my wife's outfit of the day, hashtag OOTD. That's a very popular hashtag, right, outfit of the day. Um, you can search hashtag SHM. Unfortunately, there are only five public posts with that one. Not, not a lot of our students are doing that. Um, but that, especially in Twitter, um, is a very important thing. If you're on Twitter at all, very helpful to go to Twitter and look through who are they following, right? Who is following them, and what are they searching on Twitter? Okay, so you can see if you go into the search history, you can go up there, search Twitter, and search for a hashtag. Hasht- and in fact, Twitter will actually give you trending hashtags. So um, last week when you know, the events at Park Lawn happened, there was a lot of comments about gun debate, gun control, uh, school shootings, things like that, and a lot of ensuing conversations about that. This can get very overwhelming, I totally understand it, and I'm not suggesting that you sit there and look through every single one of their hashtags, but just scroll through and just see real quickly, what are they searching for? What's important to them, right? Maybe who are those users that are important to them? Who are they interacting with on a regular basis? Look at their direct message. If you go up to the little mail thing up there, you can see, like, who are they talking privately with anyone who follows them? Okay, this could be a great thing for customer service. I've done this with Comcast before in the past, and I've gotten a way quicker response through twitter dm than i have through the phone or through email okay all right real quickly i'm gonna zoom along again save your questions to the end tumblr other blogging sites um it's i think it's just kind of the step up from what instagram is instagram you just put up a photo and you put up a caption right And you get comments and likes and views you can look at other people Tumblr and Blogger are all about promoting you. I want to promote me. So maybe I have a photography page. I don't want to shell out the money or I don't have the money to shell out for a professional website. You can do a pretty good job of faking it on today's social media and on the internet of creating your own website, Right? And a lot of our students do this, because they have nice cameras and nice lenses. And they take some amazing photos. And I can follow them. I can see them. And people will comment there. Um, but that's what Tumblr is. It's really just a really quick and easy blogging site. Okay, uh, You see a couple of apps right there in the middle. WhatsApp, GroupMe, Kakao. I don't think really, oh, there's maybe one family in here that maybe might use Kakao. Kakao is very popular, especially in Korea. Uh, and within Asian circles, very popular. Marco Polo is another app. Um, that is shooting video messages to one another, um, and again, I use this because sometimes I don't want to type it out. I know that sounds so lazy, All right? Let's just go ahead and open up Marco Polo, and you can see who are people that, um, that I'm friends with, and I can send messages directly to them. I think it's funny that Jenna Lee's the first one and my wife is second. That doesn't mean anything, but um, it's just funny to see that. Um, and I can click a message, and then I can see my history there. If I go click on my wife, I can see messages that I've sent to her. Hello. Um, and messages that she sent to me. And they are like 15, 20-second little bursts of, hey, just want to let you know, don't forget to buy eggs on the way home. Things like that. Or you could use it to, uh, but they stay there. They don't disappear. They stay in your history unless you choose to delete it. Okay? So that's what Marco Polo is. Um, you will get overwhelmed if you try to figure out what the next third-party messaging app is or what messaging app your students are using. I would still say probably 90% of our students, they use primarily just iMessage on iPhones. And I will say, as a parent, um, I know iPhones and Apple devices tend to be expensive, but they're closed environments, if you know what that means. Like I can't modify the, the iOS ecosystem the way that I can with Android. Okay? And so I would say for your students, Get them on Apple devices, older Apple devices. You don't have to get the new, brand new iPhone 10. But um, those devices will tend to be restricted. And then also in the App Store, those apps have to go through a pretty rigorous screening process to be even on the App Store. Whereas in the App Store, the Google Play Store, um, they're notorious for allowing in malware and viruses through apps. And so um, I know the temptation, because they're cheaper devices and there are more of them around, um, if you know your hearts, the hearts of your students and the minds of your students, you may want to avoid having them be on Android. Okay? Customization can be a very great thing, but it can also be um, a, an easy gateway to a lot of things. And again, you just search online. How can I get this kind of stuff on my phone? Um, you can find it very easily. All right. Uh, man, we're close to it. All right. We'll save Reddit for another day. Reddit is basically a forum. It's an online forum where you can find out almost anything about anyone, any time. And it's not like in a Snoopy way, but like in a way where if I want to find out what, what's popular in the news in Atlanta, I can get that specific. If I want to follow what's happening in Peachtree Corners, I can do that on Reddit. On Reddit, I can follow the Atlanta Braves. I can follow Atlanta restaurants. I can follow my, uh, my local municipality and garbage pickup. Like Literally, I can do all of those, and I can customize the information that comes to me. A lot of our students, they get their funny cat videos and pictures and memes and gifs from Reddit, or it'll originate on Reddit, and then it'll trickle down to Instagram, to Facebook, to Twitter, and that's where our students will get these memes or pictures that just don't make any sense to us. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Trust me. like I'm younger, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see the humor in it, Uh, but our students find humor in it, and that's where they get it from. It originally usually originates from Reddit. All right, so I'm gonna give you a question and we can put that question up. And uh, I know Jeff's gonna get to this book in a little bit. I think it's on the recommended sheet. And it's Andy Crouch's TechWise family. And he asks... man, this is just the first couple of chapters here. Like, I am super convicted as a dad. Like, how can I be more intentional with my kids? He asks a question, or he makes a comment, because technology is devoted primarily to making our lives easier, it discourages us from disciplines, especially ones that involve disentangling ourselves from technology itself. We know this is a no, this duh, of course, like this makes sense to us, but it's so hard and so I asked the question, how are you helping your child develop discipline and wisdom, especially as it pertains to navigating social media, All right? This is probably a rehashing of a previous question, but I think it'd be helpful for us just real quickly and maybe take the next couple of minutes around your tables and talk about that. What are some strategies that you're using? Or maybe what are some strategies that you're thinking about using? You can kind of use your table as a sounding board. And maybe that strategy is I got to take the phone away. And in fact. Andy actually talks about like, how one day a week, uh, for one hour every day, we're going to shut it off. We're turning all technology off. That means not only our phones are going shut off, like not just blank screens, but shut down. Our TV gets unplugged. The remotes batteries come out. The Wi-Fi gets unplugged. And I know as a dad, like, that, that, that sounds crazy to me because I'm like, did I have to set all that back up again? Ugh. Right? Um, But he does that because he's wanting to incorporate into his family life that discipline of disconnecting because this is healthy for you, because he wants to encourage growth in the family and growth in these disciplines. So let's just take a quick couple of minutes to do that, and then Jeff is gonna come up here in just a little bit.
0: We gotta keep going. I know you're having an amazing conversation right now, and just remember you can continue this conversation. Uh, we do have a lot of material to get through today, though, so we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Um, so this whole idea of uh, shallow parenting, right? And, and and just just so you know, if you're like me and just heard Jimmy fly through really write about this much information, uh, it, it is overwhelming, right? All of this stuff. I was even looking through this morning, thinking of new other apps that I didn't even research and going through things and thinking, golly, you can just get overwhelmed and just kind of throw the towel in because there's so much uh, to keep an eye on and so much, which is one reason why if you listen to, if you weren't here the first few weeks, uh, the first couple weeks I really went into how to pursue the heart more, it's more important to me uh, than being the, the watchdog, although we're going to go over some of those things today, but um, it is overwhelming, right? This is a lot. and um, And... God is on the throne and he has given us kids at this time. We can do this, right? So um, Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, right? We want our kids and we want to be wise and we want our kids to be wise so that their, their holiness, their pursuit of righteousness, so that they can have that as well even in, when they're navigating this world of social media. So... How do we do that, how do we do do that? And so just to continue on this this level of of practicality, let me start for some of you again. I know a lot of you, your kids are young and they're not really in this world yet. So I'm just gonna hit a whole bunch of things really quickly, and some of these we've mentioned before, but this just kinda can give you an idea if your kids are sixth grade and they haven't really waded into this yet, how are you gonna do this? Um, One is, if they're they're starting into the pool of the internet and all this, uh, how, how do you do it? begin regular conversations about it, right? Go ahead and start talking about it. Probably you have an iPad at home, or a computer, or something they're already on. You should be regularly discussing things. What are they going to? How much time are they on? it? all of these things should begin a conversation. And that includes your own use of media, right, and what you're doing, and let them interact. So start, start a safe space, right, to begin conversing about all these things. Then what is your system for developing moderation? You know, this is, as you see, a lot of these behaviors are very addictive, so, are you teaching your kids, are we just limiting them, or are we, or what are we doing, or are we teaching them how to moderate, how to self-moderate, right? That's the ultimate goal. Um, I do have a, a podcast on a token system that I came up with years ago that I use with my younger kids. If you have tweens or elementary school kids, it's a great place. Uh, there's a podcast on our, on our website or on uh, Apple Podcasts about how to implement a token system that kind of helps them earn tokens to use for media. So you can do that. That's one way to help them. But what you know, how are you teaching them that? And, and that's something to think through. Come up with a contract um, for the phone together. Before you give them their first phone, sit down with them and say, hey, uh, what are the rules that we're going to have and what we're going to develop a contract together? There's a, a good one. And I've got on your resource sheet there the website for this, but um, on uh, basically screenagersmovie.com slash contracts. And, it's again, the link is on that, that sheet I gave you. Uh, she goes gives you some sample contracts that you can use and sit down with. And one of the things that she mentioned in, in her uh, documentary about screens is she said, what she did is brought her daughter into that conversation, and they developed a contract together. I think that's a great way for you to sit down with your kids and say, "Hey, let's talk about the rules, but let's—it's not just I'm enfor- me enforcing the rules, right? It's more of a let's talk about what the, what proper rules should be together for what navigating this is, so that they have some ownership and they have to be able to speak into it as well." Um, The phone is to be charged downstairs during nighttime hours. I mean, this is the thing that I implement. A lot of you probably do that. Remember, I read the stat that 80% of teenagers have their phone when they go to bed. That is a bad idea, okay? If that's happening in your home right now, I would suggest you stop that practice. um, And you model it by leaving your phone. You know, we have a charging station, and everybody's phones go in that area. That's a great way to model that for your kids. Tell them why. Uh, There's all kinds of studies about that. So just go ahead and establish that at the front end. Um, I can look at your phone. It's my phone. Okay? And that's another thing, especially before you give a phone. Remember, all of these are way easier at the front end to implement these because they want that device so badly. You can be like, I'm putting like 10,000 rules around it. And they'll be like, I don't care. Just give it to me. Right? Okay? And and they're going to agree to almost anything. Okay? Uh, So... That is why it is so important that you do this on the front end, if possible. Some of you, I'm going to talk about it at the end. Some of you are past that, and we'll address that. But it's a lot harder to put Humpty Dumpty back together again than it is to start out uh, correctly as you go. I always, and I've said this before, I'll always say if they start to protest, hey, you can look at my phone, because they don't want to look at my phone. But I really don't care if they do look at my phone, okay? That means everybody in here, you got to be good on your phone if you're willing to give it to them, they probably won't take you up on it, okay? But it's a good threat, and uh, it's your phone, you pay for it, so that's one thing to do. Uh, You can start with a flip phone. Flip phones are cheaper, they finally brought them back, at least at AT AT&T when I was in there, I was like hallelujah, the flip phone is back, two dollars a month. It's a fantastic way to build character when they're in seventh or eighth grade. You need to get a hold of them, they need to be picked up places, right? It's convenient for us, but they can start with a flip phone. All of us did, and we survived, right? And so you give them a flip phone first. I'll tell you one thing it does. They got the fastest thumbs in the world once they learn how to text through that. You know what I'm saying? I never learned that skill, but my daughter can be like, I think she could type a paper on her phone in about five minutes because of that flip phone she had first. And if the flip phone goes through the washing machine because they're irresponsible, it's just not the end of the world. So it's not a bad way to start. I'm planning with my next kid flip phone. Again, I did it with Tirza, my oldest I didn't with Jace because they didn't have them. I couldn't find one. And now they have them again. I'm going to go flip phone with Lexi is my plan. Um, have phone-free times, meal times, car time, morning coffee time, days where you're like, phone-free day, things that Jimmy suggested. Those are just good things to teach them. Hey, shut it off. Move away from it. This is just normal. Okay? We should, we should be have, And that, that means, though, we need to model that, though, Right? That's the hard part. I think for some of us, we're like, oh, snap, I got to be without my phone? Yes, we can do it. Um, I don't allow screen multitasking. You know, what, what they're saying about Gen Z is they're on five screens at a time, which uh, is, baffles the mind to think about that. Now, what that can mean is they can be monitoring two to three to four things at once. And that means they're, they're texting with their friends on their phone, they're doing, playing a game on their iPad, they're watching a movie, they're watching Netflix. You see, they're doing all that at the same time. That is a very normal thing. And then they're switching back and forth to social media at the same time and checking that. I am like, hey, we're not doing that at my house. If I see the uh, movies on and we're watching a movie together and they want to play a game at the same time, I'm like, no. You need to f- learn how to focus on one thing at a time. Even if it's even if it's social media, or even if it's a screen, we're going to do one thing so that you can learn to think deeply about what you're doing instead of just thinking shallowly about everything. Um, let's see, iPhone. Okay, now here's here's something I learned this week. This is going to be fun. Everybody, take out your phone. If you have an iPhone, especially. I don't know if this probably won't work for Android, but if you have an iPhone, this is kind of cool. Okay, go to settings, and if you open up settings, well. Um, Go down to battery. Let's see where wait, where is it? Go to settings and battery. Well now I can't find mine all of a sudden. Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you? Google it. There it is. Green icon, hit battery. And when you go over to battery, you're gonna see there's a little clock on the right hand side down about halfway down. Hit that clock. And it tells you how much you've been on every single app on your phone in the last 24 hours. And if you hit the last seven days button, you can see where you've spent all your time on your phone in the last seven days. Okay? So you went to battery, you hit that little clock, and I can see how much time I've spent on Facebook. Okay? It's been on my screen for 1.6 hours this week, okay, which isn't that bad. Um, So, But the first time I clicked this, I learned this about a week ago, I was shocked to see. I was looking at certain things, and I pulled up my son's, and I just picked up his phone, and I went, and I clicked, and I went, oh, wow, did you realize you spent three and a half hours on Snapchat this week? And he was like, whoa, which isn't actually for a student's not bad. It's about 20, 25 minutes a day, not too bad. But you see what I'm saying? That can really give you a snapshot of your kid and how they're spending their time. You pick up their phone and just hit that, and hit that little clock. It's good for me, too, to see how I'm spending my time. So these are little things that we can do just to figure out uh, things that we're doing on the phone. Um, if you're, now, when it comes time for them to get onto social media, pick one social media thing. Like, again, this is like zero entry. This is the way we want to do this. So you decide, hey, all your friends, what are, the, what are they on the most? Is it Snapchat? Is it Instagram? Is it what is it? And then you're going to pick one thing and go with that. And then you're going to go there with them. Remember, this is we're not in Amsterdam. We don't want to send them to an Amsterdam by themselves. We say, let's set, the, let's set it up together. I get your password. I always get your password. I can log in to your social media. Let's see what friends we're going to allow. Let's go to the controls and figure out who we're going to allow. Is this open? Is it not? You see what I'm saying? You navigate that with them. You friend them in that as well so that you see what they post. This is just basic Uh, ways that we can be involved. And again, on the front end, this is so much easier for us to move into this world with them. So choose one thing. Start with one. It's better if you can monitor it. You go into it with them. Uh, You even have your friends friend them. I mean, one of the things you may not realize, all of our, our staff, friends, all of your kids, when they get into Watershed, if, if we know them and we interact with them, we friend them. But it helps us to keep an eye on them, too. We can see what's going on in their life, which is great. Because then when I see them at youth group, I can be like, oh, hey, I saw you were at the Braves game. How was it? You know? And again, it gives me something to talk to them about. But it also can be like, hey, uh, I just saw your kid at a party. Doing, you know? and, it, and we're also helping you. We're part of that you know, trying to be a community together, helping you raise your kids. And so we are on those uh, sites as well. Talk to your kids about what they consume and about what they post. Posting is forever, and they want to be the aroma of Christ. Remember, we talked about those things, and they they should not be friends with strangers. That can be a very dangerous thing. Uh, There's a lot of people posing as a 13 year old girl who's really a 50 year old guy. You know, so there's a lot of creepy people out there. So just don't ever friend someone who is not um, that you don't know. All right. And then, I know I'm going really fast through this stuff, Um, a good defense, we want to trust and verify, remember to pick up the phone and go through it occasionally, look at the history in the browser, knowing full well that they can delete history, okay? Um, There is reporting software that follows you but doesn't block you, and that's one thing, especially if you have boys And you're worried about pornography, which if you have teenage boys, you should be concerned about pornography. It should be conversations that you're having with your son or daughter, actually, both, but especially with boys. Um, So this is just, especially as they get in the later years, having reporting software that follows them but doesn't block them can be a better way to train them as they get closer to going off to school. Think about it. If you block everything and they can go nowhere because it's locked down, and then you send them to the University of Georgia where the entire campus is wide open, they're gonna go crazy, or they could, uh, right? Uh, obviously, if their heart is great, they're not gonna go crazy, but they, they could go crazy. Um, so if you put software that follows them where they go instead of what blocks them, at least then now you start to get a picture of what's going on in the heart. You see, the following software tells you what's here. The blocking software just protects them. Do you see the difference? And so I tend to like following software with younger kids I tend to like blocking software. Does that make sense? Um, all right, and there as far as following software I know uh, X3 Watch is uh Triple X Church has um, they have a following software for guys and the way or for people, period. And the way you set that up is you put you would put a Triple X Watch on a phone for example and it um, they have to pick like two mentors, like maybe their D group leader and their dad, and then, it, and then wherever they go, it will send you a report every week. Hey, so-and-so went to this website, you know, sex.com or whatever, and then you get to have a conversation and say, hey, where did you go this week? Nowhere, dad. Okay, well, your report says this. So, you know, um, so that is uh, one idea, again, of something that is uh, especially as they get older to use. Now, as far as blocking software goes, man, there is so much out there. Uh, And I have been online trying to read reviews. And and I'll say this on your sheet. I've got a top 10 uh, list that Consumer Reports put out. Um, Some of these that are pretty amazing. And I'm not an expert by any means. So uh, we have people that are better at this. And if we do this again, I'll have some experts come up and talk about this. But uh, there's some interesting things. And let me just say what I'll kind of give you an example for blocking software. So on blocking software, one is there's the kind that goes on your phone. So, like, let's say it it blocks uh, where your phone goes. Okay, that can be one type. Um, There's a kind that you would put on your router, which blocks, you know, kind of protects the home. Okay? Now, you can see each of these have problems. Uh, For example, Disney Circle, which is one that is very popular and stuff, Disney Circle goes on the router level. So that means anyone who comes in your home, they can't get on certain websites and things. But the problem is, on Disney Circle, all they have to do is disconnect the Internet and go on the cell tower. And now your web of protection is gone. Okay? Uh, Now, Disney Circle has something called Disney Circle Go, which is new, which you pay a subscription to. And now you put that on their phone, and it does have to go through your network before it works. So even when they're at a coffee shop, it still works. So that is an option for you, I, but here's the thing, and I, as soon as I, when you have any blocking software, it is gonna be a pain in the butt sometimes. Why? Because it's going to block things it's not supposed to block. Or it's going to shut things down it's not supposed to shut down. Or like you're going to set time limits on something, and then your kid has a project that goes longer. And you're going to be like, what? How do I remember? What's my password? You know what I'm talking about. That's my life, okay? I have like 50,000 passwords I can't remember, and I'm trying to figure out how to undo stuff. So Disney Circle can have those kinds of problems. Um, now, one of our parents told me uh, this week about something called Open DNS, which is really cool. And I put a link in there. Open DNS has free versions and versions you can pay for. And this is something that actually blocks and monitors things at the cloud level. And it's pretty fascinating the way that it works. So this means your kid, no matter where they take their phone or their computer or whatever, once you set it up, uh, it works on everything that they have. And and as I understand it from watching the video, so I'm giving you my little brief thing. So it's like when you have your computer um, or phone, and you type in Amazon.com, what happens is your your computer or phone talks to another server called a DNS server. I'm going to try not to get too technical here. And you type in Amazon.com, but your computer doesn't know what that means, so it just sends back the request. And this sends the number back to your computer. This happens instantaneously, which then your phone goes to Amazon's server. Okay, does that make sense? So, because computers only speak in numbers. So, you type in Amazon, it goes there, and, it, and they send this back. Open DNS, what that does is it allows you to go in, and it sends all of these requests at the, at the router level and at, at these different things to a different DNS server that's open, that you can control somewhat, So if they type type in sex.com and it goes there, then the number that it sends back is to a different server that says you're not allowed to go there, okay? And so you can get in and do the settings and arrange all of this. Now, you have to set it up on each phone, on each device, and things like that. Um, So this is how it works. But again, this is blocking software. This does not block your child's heart. This just... (laughs) uh, does control that at a level and again how you set it up at your home again i'm not as 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 an expert on this stuff at all but it's worth looking into if you're interested in that Uh, it's very fascinating technology it's been around for a while but uh it's definitely starting to to make ways i know a lot of corporations and stuff are using this to uh to protect their networks from all kinds of bad stuff so this is a great option for you as well um so all of this to say uh, there's a lot out there, and there's a lot for you to look into and I to look into. Honestly, a lot of it's trial and error. You're going to have to try some of this stuff if you want. And there are even other, uh, there's even other things that you can put on. If you want to spy on your kids, I, saw, I found some that will read every text. I mean, you can see every text message that they have. Uh, the software is crazy that's out there. But again, do you want to sit and read through uh, thousands and thousands of pages of your kids' text? You may have to, depending on where your kid is and what's going on, and that may be a step that you need to take to protect them if they're in a really dangerous place, and only you know that. So I don't want to say that that kind of software is never needed by parents, because it definitely is. But again, at the front end, let's, let's try to build that trust. Let's try to start that conversation, and let's hopefully weigh it into this with an appropriate level of monitoring and trusting, okay, as we go in this with our kids. Now, Quickly, if they're already in social media and they've been there for a while and you just now are aware, oh, wait, they got three Instagram accounts and they're on Snapchat and they got all this stuff going on and I don't even know anything about it. Um, First, apologize to them that sit down with them and say, hey, you've been wandering around Amsterdam and I just let you go. And let's just have this conversation. I'm sorry, I have, you know, this overwhelms me. I'm not a techie person and, and, but I just want you to know that as part of my job is I need to enter into this world with you, and I haven't. And so I would start there, um, dialogue that you want to come alongside them and that it is your job to protect them. That is what God called you to do. And so you want to enter into that with them. You have leverage. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to use this if you don't have to. But remember, probably you pay for their phone. So if they are super resistant, you can say, hey, That is my phone. I pay for it. I don't have to pay for it anymore. If they say, well, I got a job, I can pay for it myself. Okay, well, you pay for the internet service. Do they want to pay for that? No, they don't want to. Okay, well, I pay for Netflix, I pay for food, I pay for lodging, all of your clothes. We got a lot of leverage, right? (laughs) Unless they're ready to move out over their cell phone, you have a lot of leverage. So don't give all that up. You can enter into this world with them. And, uh, but tell them that you don't want to do that. Tell them, in fact, that, hey, guess what? I can put monitoring software on all your stuff without you even knowing about it. But I don't want to do that. I want us to be in this together. Okay? So that is what I suggest that you do. This is not an easy thing. I would pray with and for them as you enter into that. And then we have a resource list um, that on your table that has a lot of this stuff uh, as well. Do, okay, Whew, that's a lot. We went really fast, and I want to know if you guys have any questions before we're done. We may have a lot more questions than we can answer, but we want to open up for a little time of Q and A in case you have some. Yes. a a A network at the bricks that you can use at home. I am unaware of that. Is anyone else? I mean, we have a we have an open right now. You can get on the uh, perimeter, open a network and just surf the web, but I'm not aware that you can use that at home. And it is protected, probably locked down like Fort Knox in general. Which is why Yes. Right. Do more research on that. Okay. Sorry, I don't know. Anything. Yes, in the back. Yeah, yeah. I can give you more information on that uh, personally. You guys can email me. Uh, the way that I set that up, I'll give you a brief description. And again, I have I think two podcasts online about that. Uh, the way Cammie and I did it, I basically went and and I did it on the cheap. So I got some uh, old like poker chips, and I put you know uh, media, I put an M on them for media tokens. I had different colors for different kids. They would do their chores. And uh, in the weekend, and they would get a certain number of tokens. And then those could be turned in for 30 minutes of media time, either TV or screen time, any screen time. And uh, once they used it, you know, they put it in, you develop something, a bowl or, a, you know, a bank. And once they use that token, it's spent. And we went through that. And what was good about that system, and again, it's not a perfect system, is it taught them to self-moderate. Oh, wait, I have, I have 10, but that's got to get me through the whole week. So I'm only going to use 30 minutes today. But see, then it gives you a lot of leverage with your younger kids as well because you can say, oh, wait, uh, you read for an hour today? I'm going to give you another one. Oh, you've got, you, you just were so kind to your sister. You just earned a media token. It gives you incredible ability to give them uh, bonuses. But then at the same time, you just hit your sister and... I'm taking that away, or you just you know, were really rude to your mother. I'm take, you know, so it gives you the ability to take away media t- tokens at the same time, and you find out, A, you also find out how much it means to them when you take it away. Uh, and then we would even do, like, hey, you can save these up and go, your mom you know, will take you to a movie or take you out to eat if you save up 25. Then they wouldn't use them at all because they'd rather go out to eat with mom and dad, so that was another thing.
2: Yeah. I'll put the link on the Facebook page for that, for those resources. And full disclosure, it worked great with Jace, and we had to just stop using it with Lexi because I couldn't keep up with it.
0: Yeah, you have to. And she
2: was like, but I did it completely right, and I would not be able to keep up with it, and so I failed in the token system. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, it worked well with some kids, not others. And if you're a more engaged parent, it's going to work better for you. I will say that. I don't know any... Like, again, there's so many things out there. Also, I didn't even put on the sheet, which there's a ton more. Just going to your... Um, she said you, she uses Xfinity Family Base, and she, you're having great success and with it. You can, block, you can either stop all internet access or pause it, or
1: okay. um, you can actually go on like,
0: during the school day and block all social media. So you can so block social media, stop the internet, and do all kinds of things. I was That's what about what I was going to say is, whatever your carrier is, there are... Uh, AT&T has it. I mean, all of them have things that probably most of us have never even explored. Incredible parent uh, abilities to monitor, block, uh, give certain permissions within all of those systems. So I would look into those. Uh, they all have them as well. So I want to make sure you're aware of that. Any other questions? Okay. Um, cammy has got okay. a couple books to give yeah, away.
2: I do. Um, so I was just going to say, I spent the past seven days seven hours on messages like I do think we're going to get to heaven and God's going to be like really really that's how much time you spend on that for me personally not even my kids um so Jeff had the tech wise family is one of the books so we wanted to give this away and so one of my thoughts was to give it to somebody who their oldest child is in middle school so if your oldest child is in middle school the youngest one wins so oldest child in mid- middle school stand up Oldest child in middle school. Okay, if you don't have this, if you don't have this book, stay standing. If you already have this book, you don't need to stay standing. Okay, see, some people already sat down. Um, okay, so oldest child is 12. Sit down. If you're, if you're younger than ch- 12, younger than 12. Oldest child is younger than 12. Oldest child is younger than 11. Oldest, <laughs> some people don't know how old their child is. <laughs> 11. Oldest child is 11. Or, you, okay, is, is younger than 11? Younger than 11? All right, so we got down to two. Younger than, am I not, is younger, th- oh, they're 11? Oh, is that elementary? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm totally confused too. Okay, oldest, okay, I'm just going to give this to somebody because I don't even know. I'll give it to you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> See, this is why the token system didn't work for me because I couldn't keep it in my head. Um, Okay, so then the other thing is, and this is a book that's not on your resource thing because Jeff and I didn't communicate this week and I didn't get it on there. This is for moms and daughters, and it's called FaceTime, and it's written by Kristen Hatton, and she was um, an RUF. She and her husband were pastors at RUF in Texas, and um, she wrote this book because her daughter She was teaching her daughter's Bible study. And it's meant to be a mentoring book with a mom and a daughter. And um, so (laughs) hopefully this one will go a little bit better. Um, So if you're a mom with a daughter, well, first, before you do that, I was going to say, it talks a lot about comparison in social media. And um, I went to a conference this week. It was a leadership conference in the PCA for women. And I'm sitting there in the audience, and I'm 45 years old been married for forever, have four kids, have walked with the Lord, love the Lord, love the Bible, love God's word. No, I'm a love child of God. And I'm sitting there in this in this room with 300 women who are who love the Lord. And everyone that gets up to talk, I'm like, oh, I don't have seven kids. Did I do this wrong? Like I'm not on the mission field. Did I do this wrong? Like you know what I'm saying? Like the comparison game. And and I was I was struck by that because I started reading this again this morning because I was thinking of doing it with Lexi. And I was struck by the fact that I'm just like my girls. I compare myself and see how I'm not, you know. And I say, well, at if, if 45 I do that. How much more is my poor little 12-year-old going to do that, you know. And the social media just ratchets it up. And so if you're and, – and I would say I would recommend this book, not only if your kid is kind of a junkie to, uh, to prepare them for social media or if they're in social media – um, but I think that it's, our identity being in Christ is something, if you're struggling with sexual sexual sin, if you're struggling with, you know, a whole host of sins, it's, it comes down to knowing who we are in Christ, and even when we know who we are in Christ, we forget, right? I mean, that's just the truth. Okay, so all that for the giveaway. Um, FaceTime is a book I would recommend to moms and daughters, and I'm going to have you, if you had, I know this is going to be really complicated, if you were on Facebook, more than four hours. Stand up. See, nobody's going to fess up. You were? Okay, there you go. I'm going to give it to you. Because you surpassed me in Facebook. Yes. Kristen Hatton, H-A-T-T-O-N. Um, yeah, I was on it more than that. I was on it because I And I always say, Jeff goes, you spend a lot of time on Facebook. And I'm like, it's my job. That's why I was on Facebook that much, which is kind of true. Okay, I'm going to pray for us. (sighs) Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you are God and that technology doesn't create new sins, but it just reveals sins that are in our own hearts. And it reveals my sin, and it reveals my children's sin, and those are opportunities, Lord, for us to see our desperate need for you and to point our children toward their desperate need for you. And so I pray for each parent here, and I pray, Lord, that they would love you, that they first would love you with their whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that that love for you would be communicated to their children and that that would be contagious and that their children would see their parents modeling this love of you and that they would be engaged in it and And want to know more about who you are. And so I pray that today and this week, each parent in here would be able to go home and have meaningful conversations about technology. But that those would be um, jumping off points to deeper conversations about who you are. And how much you love their children more than they do. And, um, And that you would draw their children to know you as Lord and Savior, because that's really what we want to do as parents. So I pray. I pray, Lord, for protection. I pray for guidance. I pray for wisdom. And I pray that um, we would be faithful parents. In Jesus' name, amen.